You are incompatible. You will be deleted. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Jace. And I'm Kelsey. Okay, and we're going to be going to the fifth episode of Series 2, David Tennant, which is The Rise of the Cybermen. Dun, dun, dun. And the second time we see Pete Tyler. Cybermen Rising. Well, this is an alternative Pete Tyler, but okay, still fair, Pete Tyler. Okay, fair, but a yeah. Pete Tyler. Yes. One of the many that must be out there in those parallel universes. Yeah. That's that an interesting philosophical question. You know, how, how different are they? You know, this Pete and that Pete, you know, minus some life circumstances. That, that Mickey and this Ricky. I know. Minus a consonant. I kept wondering, does Ricky have the same tattoo as Mickey? They didn't address that. And you know what? That was a burning question in my mind as soon as I saw that hey, tattoo. Hey, when he was shirtless, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And another burning question, like, how did Mickey get that ripped? And how is Ray just waved by And David why Dennett? does he look like such a goober with his clothes on? Like, I kind of really like that because at the beginning of the episode, um, remember, it's always Rose and I'm always the spare part. Come to find out, he's the only one that gets, like, a double, essentially. And he's pretty awesome. Right. Like, I liked it because you get to see the actor of Mickey actually play the role of someone who's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, Mickey is, like, usually pretty competent, you know, when you give him some space. Like, he was running, like, the uh, the missile technology in last season, right? Yeah. Like, from a layman's computer. Yeah. But that's also just, like, how, you know, you know, the doctor has a companion and the commanding has a boyfriend, so he's always kind of just thrown under the bus with Mickey, and then there's... Um, Rory, and then there's Mr. Pink in later episodes. They're always just kind of like, eh. So any episode in which the boyfriend that the doctor sees as competition gets to step up, I think is really cool. And he really yeah. kind of really stood out here. I also thought it was really funny that the alternate Mickey's name was Ricky, since that's what the doctor called him the entire first season. Uh, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that was right over my head. <laughs> I only knew because I had forgotten his name when he first walked on screen and I asked Shelby what his name was and that was like Mickey and she's like oh you might know him as Ricky because <laughs> that's what <laughs> the last doctor called him but also I was like there's like a poor man's Leonardo DiCaprio in this episode like that <laughs> the blonde, blonde dude <laughs> that's Ricky's friend I was like hey is that Leo no but close <laughs> if it was though <laughs> yeah that would have been pretty epic since we're going through characters, Mr. Lumick, who is played by Roger Lloyd Pack, yeah. actually plays Barty Crouch Sr. in Harry Potter, and David Tennant plays Barty Crouch Jr., the evil side, 
in the same movie. So it's kind of funny how they were in Harry Potter together and they were in reverse roles opposite each other. It's you know, also- I, have to, I have to point this out because Kelsey got really excited about this too. And this is the first time I've seen both Michael and Kelsey get equally excited about something. <laughs> <laughs> But I just wanted to point all that out because that's actually something that a lot of fans had noticed and just the irony in it was kind of fun. Matter of fact, there's a website that actually states literally, oh, the one where they switch roles. <laughs> yeah. Lol. Well, although I have a feeling that Barty Crouch Jr. is going to kill Barty Crouch Sr. yet again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see. Time shall tell. This show is all about time. Thanks, Colin. Well, they usually are. You're welcome. <laughs> and of all the parallel universes that we had to go to, it had to be the one where they decided to create Cybermen on Earth. Right. And you know what? You know what bothers me about this whole concept of parallel universes? I understand. You know, there might be you know a point or you know a segment that's parallel, but really, that's going to be a straight line of time across the board. If you're under if you're throwing in more timelines, you think they'd be a little bit more curvy. A little bit more wibbly-wobbly, if you feel me. So I had, like, going along with what Colin said, I had a kind of complex question along the lines of these parallel universes. I asked Michael how often does a doctor go into parallel universes, and he pretty much just said not too often. I think, what, once before or something? The third doctor in Inferno, the very fourth story of the third doctor. That was the only story which they actually did do that. Although, could we consider, like you know, some of the other crazy realities he's gone into, like Celestial Toymaker and all that stuff, be, like, different universes? Yeah, I mean, no, where was the Solatrax living? Well, that's in the future. Well, what, um, about, what about, though, um, like, the whole wolf thing, bad, Big Bad Wolf or whatever, like, that whole sequence where they end up changing New Earth and the... Because, like, the Daleks has come in and stuff. So isn't that kind of creating parallel universes? Because we know that it didn't happen in one timeline and it didn't in another. But it, we're just seeing at the beginning of, like, the break into the different timelines, I guess. It, well, we, ha- we never actually saw the other timelines. But we do. But it can obviously create other timelines based on what you just said. I guess. Yeah. So I guess this could just be, like, the Doctor was back in time and, like, did something different and created this alternative, like, Earth that was very similar to the one we had, but he just stepped on a butterfly or whatever. Or it's, just very unusual for the t- it's just very unusual for the TARDIS to actually go uh, jumping between parallel universes. That just doesn't usually happen. Is that ever and explained? Mm-hmm. Is that explained? I think it was explained as much, you know, in this episode as it will be. They sort of eventually explain how it might have been possible for the TARDIS to accidentally fall into another universe. Um, but they don't really explain, like, why this specifically happened. It's more like, it get, given some context, you're like, okay, I guess that would be feasible. Yeah. Okay. But like us podcasters here in 2020, we've definitely seen a lot of iterations of different universes or things on the edge of our universe or implied outside of this, you know, branch of time. Um, do exist. Yeah. You mean like in real life or in the show? In the show. (laughs) (laughs) What was your question though? Oh, um, 
So my initial question was, how often does the doctor visit parallel universes, and what exactly does that entail? I mean, David Tennant was the doctor that was like, oh, time's wibbly-wobbly, and it really, really is. I think Doctor Who gets away with a lot of the timey-wimey like, stuff that doesn't make any sense, because he kind of is like, well, eh, this is just how we're rolling with it, which I think is kind of cool. But my question mm-hmm. was, um, what does it entail? So... You know, does the doctor not exist in this parallel universe? And if he does, why didn't he or she step into it? And if not, um, why doesn't the doctor visit that parallel universe more often? Because the TARDIS kind of throws the doctor where he needs to be. And if he needed to be in a parallel universe to defeat Cybermen, I know this is a weird question, um, does that mean that invasions typically don't happen in a parallel universe? Or... Doesn't mean that the Cybermen just kind of went into another universe. It's just I'm really confused as to why the Doctor was thrown into this parallel universe, and I'm not exactly sure of a better way to like word that question. I think it's a really good question. I'm not sure if it has a straight answer, other than you know. I think coming up with plot. our own ideas of answers would be kind of cool, though. I mean, I think it. It seems like the Doctor has certain villains that are like his main villains and the Cybermen are one of those so maybe like in any universe where the Cybermen come the Doctor will follow or it could just be that there was you know a a hole in the universe that the TARDIS fell through yeah but that that itself is pretty coincidental you know you fall through and hey they're creating Cybermen in this parallel universe here on Earth well, do we know how the TARDIS was made? maybe the TARDIS is like a really future Cybermen that has become like no, a... No, TARDISes are grown. Well, we, we, That'd we, be kind of cool, though. The TARDIS make the, Cybermen the whole like, time. Build the, the structure around yeah, them. Well, and, Cybermen are partially grown. Yeah, so what if it's like a an evolution of a Cyberman, so this is like their... The TARDIS is like... Upgraded. Ancestors. Yeah, the TARDIS is an upgraded version of the Cybermen, since they do seem to have like personalities and some sort of human-esque qualities in some ways so maybe it's just like a million years in the future that's what Cybermen become that's something that the 17th Doctor could explore (laughs) (laughs) or you know 758th who who knows after this last iteration it's not like Doctor Who's gonna die anytime soon Doctor Who will probably exist forever so I know that's why when he was like oh I just gave up 10 years of my life I'm like your infinite life like what a sacrifice well he (laughs) He doesn't know yet that it's an infinite life, but yeah. To give a little bit of backstory on the Cybermen, the classic Cybermen were created when humans decided to upgrade themselves. Um, I think what Russell T. Davies wanted to do with this particular Cybermen story was create a new origin story, because there really wasn't a story from the classic Who era where it actually kind of went into depth with what the the origins of the siren were not until the audios at least so it was kind of so he wanted to kind of explore that but he couldn't just rewrite it he needed to figure out another way so put them in a parallel universe now we do know that mickey was holding on to that tardis console for 29 minutes and so it's possible that he had left something open so that the tardis was vulnerable or who knows what was going on and i think that was kind of one of the things that that was kind of hinted at maybe that's why they ended up in a parallel universe I don't know for sure but that certainly seemed kind of uh, it made sense to me when I was watching it I think this hits on a lot of the real magic behind Doctor Who because already it's a show where you can be in any place you can be in any time 
It can be a drama, a romance, it can be a thriller, it can be a horror show, an action. But I think here, you know, if you throw in another universe and multiple universes into the mix, you can create multiple origin stories. <laughs> you know, it really opens it up and you can do anything with this show by just pr- transplanting yourself into a new universe. Gives you even more options outside of just going, you know, through space and time as well. It's a whole other device, you know, for more plot lines and potentials. Yeah, I mean, it is a show where you can go anywhere, anywhere. So yeah. the, it's pretty limitless as to what comes up in your storytelling. Well, and I think, like, the new era, like, wants the ability to rewrite some of the things that the old era either didn't explain or maybe it wasn't, like, as great. Or it's an interesting concept, so like let's explore it in a different way. So this kind of gives them the opportunity to do that. Speaking of exploring, did en- exploring bleh, did anyone notice that Rose's dad made a little torchwood slip? Yes. Yeah. That was so great. I hadn't noticed it before this watching, actually. I saw it and I was like, oh, Michael. It's the second uh, obvious reference to Torchwood this season. So yeah, it seems like they're really trying to promote it right now. Torchwood's the new bad wolf. But it was like so low key. Like he was walking away. It was like a faint whisper, yeah. which I really like too. That's why you also missed it a few times. So I think I that's feel like there cool. are tons of Easter eggs like that scattered throughout Doctor Who. Just like uh, random mentions that you might miss. Like just the Mickey Ricky connection. Like I had no idea. <laughs> Well, also, Rose was a dog. Oh, my God. That was really funny. <laughs> That's so messed up. Mm-hmm. I know I it was. It was like, I was never born, and so my parents achieved all their dreams. And I turned into a dog. Like, that's how they manifested their child desire. But they, lack of. They achieved their dreams, but here's the thing about the parents was that they obviously were very unhappy. With well, yeah. I was so, referring more to the big, like, when Rose was lamenting it. She's no, like, I, I she agree. Just needs but to accept that her parents were not meant to be together. Like, no matter if they're poor as dirt or rich as God, yeah. and they, they, have they bad hate dreams. each other at the end of the day. What also gives you that distinction that this is a parallel world. The fact that Rose doesn't exist in this world isn't necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. It's just something that is. And so, I mean, obviously, she might. I, the doctor laughs at it because, it's like, oh my gosh, Rose is a dog in this universe. But I mean, I don't know. I think it kind of shows the. It shows a dynamic with Pete and Jackie too, with regards to how they just can't get along anywhere. And it also yeah. kind of hits on the trope that to be successful, you can't have like a child pulling <laughs> back. Yeah. True. And the, the dog sequence, it was funny. Let's be real. It, it was really a great downloadable joke of the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For me, it registered more as just being kind of messed up than it did kind of funny. I was like, oh, that must not feel good to see. Well, was that the origin of K-9, though? <laughs> is a Cyberman? Maybe. Maybe it is. <laughs> that would be amazing. Kelsey's really throwing out some messed up ideas. <laughs> I like it. Speaking of messed up ideas... How did you guys feel about the music that was played when the first homeless people started being turned into Cybermen? I feel like it made that scene a lot darker than it would have been had they not had the music and just had the screams. But that's just me personally. Honestly, the music I think went over my head I too. Didn't but I, I just I did re- remember the, the screams, and I remembered like. 
they were just together there, like with clearly other homeless people. And they're like, okay, the ones who want to come in, come on in. They let the door open, and you walk in through a couple feet. The other guy's screaming. I know. I'm like, close the door <laughs> before you start. <laughs> it was very atmospheric, and so this episode feels vastly different from the last three. Um, and maybe that's because they were trying to go for that. We're in a completely different dimension feel. Well, they were but also it, trying to slow roll the reveal of the Cybermen because they look so much better than they did in the classic era. So they kept absolutely. showing like little pieces of them or blurred or whatever. And uh, <laughs> were there no Cybermen in Eccleston's run? No, this is their first appearance in New Who. Oh, that's aw- that makes it worse. I don't know. There's some kind of eeriness to the fact that there are people screaming in the background as they're being turned into Cybermen, and they're just playing, what was that song? Something about a jungle? Oh, oh yeah, that one, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I can't stand your Let's play this song. Reference. It was just so dark to me. I don't know why. Oh, no, I love that, too. I love that mashup. Oh, yeah, I was totally thinking you were talking about, like, when they went in the trunk. Truck. Oh, no, it was when they were beat. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. Sure. Oh, yeah, I thought that was super powerful. Yeah. Agreed. Super Agreed creepy. across the board, it sounds like. It's, it's almost, it almost had a slight Nazi Germany kind of feel to it. Where yeah, I know, it, with, like, the, look at, like, the the smoke coming out of the towers. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, is this a concentration camp? Like, I mean... Not to make it too dark. But yeah, I mean, the Zeppelins took it well, back that to that time point. period for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they never really explained why there were Zeppelins everywhere. It just happens in parallel universes. It happens in the series Fringe as well. There's just, in parallel universes, you have to expect Zeppelins for some reason. That's my sci-fi knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Colin and I were talking about this while the show was going on, but, like, what is the point of the Cybermen still having the brains when, like, all their personality and everything and their free will is basically wiped away. Like, just then make a robot, you know? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like this thing I heard before where it's like, if you have a sandwich and you change the bologna, you change the cheese, you change the condiments, you change the bread, you eventually just get like a whole new sandwich. And does it even qualify to be the sandwich as it was before? Because it changed so much. Yeah. Well, exactly. So it's like, why even feel like you have to take over the humans? Just like manufacture more Cybermen, and like, I I mean, it doesn't seem like the programming. Well, it's not like a harnessing, and they're not harnessing the individuality of the humans. Well, I mean, like, but sometimes the individuality of the humans does come through. But I think it's like a malfunction when it does. Though I, I think the main thing is that like they think that they're upgrading people. They think they're making them better. They think they're doing these people a favor. So why just wipe that from their programming? It just seems like even like the, I forget his name, but the the corporate overlord. John Lumick. Yes, he is. He's manufacturing the Cybermen. It seems like at least for that use, he doesn't have any need for the human brains. He might want his human brain preserved, but in a very different way, I would imagine, the Cybermen. No, I I think that his plan is to make himself into a Cyberman to like, you know, because he's like, my body's dying if you don't approve this project. You yeah, but I think he in. wants to keep his brain intact. And Well, the, in the Cybermen, their brains are intact. But not really, because they're like basically blocking out all of nation, like, you know, and free like will and things everything. that make life worth living, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of answer to that question. It's more just like you're essentially a walking, talking Siri at that point. No emotions, no soul know anything just the idea of you and we all agree that's not 
cool, but it is what it is. Well, it's a very horrific uh, concept, and it was actually kind of an ingenious uh, people back in 1966 when they actually first came out with the Cybermen idea. I mean, it's basically space communists, just like Daleks or space Nazis. Well, it's the Borg. I mean, this is the original, basically the original, the Borg. But is it like... I guess this one showed for the first time that there's kind of like a master like ruling over the Cybermen and giving them the direction, but in Sometimes the old... Sometimes called the Cyber Controller. Yeah, but in the old yeah. two, is there like a, a Cyberman in charge, or is it just like they just don't even have like anybody guiding them? Um, I'm not sure, Michael. Do you know? Um, usually in the past, the Cybermen have always had a cyber controller and a cyber leader. Usually if they die, then the next available Cyberman will be upgraded himself to become the cyber leader or cyber controller. Yeah, and like, in spoilers, there's like the Siberium and other things too. They also have kind of, they're also supposed to have somewhat of a hive mind, I believe, so that way yeah, but that, usually that at least the data downloads and all the all the information that can be transferred from one to another they all have that information but yeah there's usually a leader of some kind i think yeah. one of the scarier parts about the cybermen that we see here exhibited is that you know they kind of naturally come about in different ways you know it's kind of like a fear like is this an, an inevitability of humans you know with enough humans coming to pass with enough men do you get cybermen uh-huh well, and, like, you start replacing one part of the body to, like, upgrade it, and eventually... What the do you... slippery slope yeah. comes That's to exactly how they were supposed to have started, and there's actually an audio story with the Fifth Doctor, which is extremely dark and extremely good, but it goes into the origins of the original Cybermen. Um, I would recommend that to the audience if you haven't had a chance to hear it. Um, really dark, though. Whew. What is it called? Spare Parts. Fair part. I like I like some darkness in my doctor. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up really quickly uh, was the idea of the parallel world being ha- the things that were different. So you had like the president of Great Britain, which I he was played by a really good actor. Can't remember his name, but I thought uh, that was kind of an interesting little nod. Um, to differences. And then, of course, uh, Mickey going and visiting his um, his grandmother, who, of course, had passed away in his world, but now she's alive again. And so he's able to go see her, On and that kind of brings more of an well, emotional that, sense. That, that makes me wonder, then, did she trip down the stairs and die because Mickey was there still in her life? Because... Her Ricky had run off to do his own thing, and she didn't fall down and die. Oh, that's how she died? Yeah, yeah they well, said it. Like, feasibly, so. it could be a number yeah. of things, but certainly, you know, the carpet was still there in this parallel universe. That's what was always weird to me about these scenarios where things are so, so similar, but um, there's just a few things that are different. Well, well, what bugs me about it more is the the president-prime minister thing, because that means that, you know... If time was exactly the same in both these up to a certain point, that point had to have been when, you know, Great Britain started having prime ministers and instead had a president. So, you know, time diverged way far back. So it would seem like it should be more different. Yeah, the things we just don't know, really. Yeah. Well, but it's enough for for the president to be a normal thing in this society. So it still had to have been 
It could have been like World War II or something. I mean, it could have been yesterday for all we know, really, as an audience. But And it could be he's like a president of a company. No, they said president of Great Britain. Yeah, but maybe if Great Britain's the name of a company. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, we don't know. We're I mean, in a whole new can, universe. Yeah, Anything's possible. Like, this kind of reminds me of those, like, photos that are side-by-side, side, and it's like, find the five differences. Mickey <laughs> is, the is Ricky. Rose is a dog. There's Zeppelins in the, in the sky when there are none. Prime ministers or presidents, we got our five. <laughs> there we go. Um, those things in the sky being Zeppelins. That was kind of cool how they brought those in. It, it's almost like a nod back to uh, the empty child. It's kind of interesting how Rose referred to them as beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, especially when in her, her boyfriend. He doesn't want balloons. Yeah. <laughs> should we get into rating this one? I think we should. <laughs> I'm starting to get the ratings itch, and I am about to scratch. <laughs> All right. So, I enjoyed this episode. You know, it was a one-parter, which... I, I tend to rate the first part. It's a little low on the scale of things. Um, but it was entertaining throughout. I, I think that there were some flaws, of course, which, you know, we discussed. Um, but I, I like the Cybermen's entrance here. And I think it was really good corporate satire that we had here in terms of, you know, the big corporation that has its tendrils and everything, you know, with seemingly good intentions that drive darkness throughout. Um, and I think that actor was, was well done, too. Um, for me, this is, this is a fun episode. I'm excited to see what comes next. I think it had a brilliant cliff cliffhanger at the end where the doctor is trying to reason and in his Cyberman uh, knowledge, he knows it's going to work and it just doesn't seem to. Um, I don't think it's the end of the road for this doctor, but I still am intrigued to see what comes out of it. Um, for me, this episode is going to get a seven out of 10. Okay, um, I guess I'll go next. Um, yeah, I I like this episode. I didn't think it was, like, brilliant. I felt like there were some plot holes in it, like the whole them getting into the parallel universe to begin with and that kind of stuff. But overall, like, I thought it was pretty good. It was fun to see Rose's parents. And, I mean, that her mom is, I think, a really good actress and... I mean, it's kind of sad that she's always such a B-word and no matter what situation she's been <laughs> put in, but yeah. Um, and then to like see Mickey kind of having a little bit of like his own plot for really the first time, I think, and kind of trying to like make his way into like being like a real integral part of the team. And yeah, um... I don't know. I'm, I'm like blanking out for this rating, but I'm going to give this a 6.5. All right. I guess it's my turn. So it's always hard to rate two parters because you're only seeing like half of a piece of art versus like the whole picture of it. But from what I have, um, I really did like it. I love how, you know, Mickey kind of started out just being like ostracized from the doctor and Rose, like at the beginning of the episode and just kind of being seen as like, an accessory to like their relationship and then being elevated to a point where he has a character that could potentially really be a key factor in defeating the Cybermen. So in a way, Mickey's character becomes almost the most important in all of this. 
So aside from being the least important, he becomes the most important to a degree. So I thought that was really cool for his character, and I'm excited to see where that goes with future endeavors with David Tennant because I haven't really followed that doctor a lot. Um, I really liked how the parents still did not work out well, as you guys were saying. I felt like that was very realistic in a parallel universe, and I feel like, you know, um, the dog thing was kind of messed up, but I also really liked that. Um, I guess altogether, I think I would probably give this an 8 out of 10, only because I feel like it has a lot of potential of really going somewhere, and it kept me intrigued and engaged the whole time. All right. Um, yeah, I thought that this was good. A lot of the main points have, have been made here. I think that, um, yeah, as, as Kelsey pointed out, I thought that the actress who plays Jackie really, really shone in this one uh, quite a bit, and... I thought it was, um, yeah, I thought it was overall good. It was great seeing the Cybermen. I think that they introduced them in a, in a you know, in a great and suitably creepy way. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. And I also will give this a 7.5 out of 10. And that's all I needed to say. You can't say you're also going to do something if you're the only one that does that thing. That's just how he is. What? He's extra. <laughs> but you have nothing else to say? Just 7 out of 10? 7.5 out of 10. All right. Uh, well, um, let us know what you guys think. You can email us at thewhovianreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and uh, Instagram. At thewhovianreview as well. Yep. All right. Well, uh, have a night, nice night, everyone. Bye. And a great Bye. week. Adios. Stay safe.